Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Southbridge Weekly. Uh, this is week three of Bite Size Beliefs. We had a bit of an impromptu week off last week. Uh, I was having some family emergencies. Everything's fine. Do not worry. Everything's good. So last week, we talked about the doctrine of Scripture uh, from the perspective of general, which is God revealed in a general way through creation, um, and special revelation, which is God revealed in special, specific ways through the Bible. Um, we need God's special revelation to help us understand his general revelation. So at this time, what I'm going to do is welcome in Pastor Todd. Great to be here again, Brandon. Thank you for hosting. Absolutely. Um, what are we talking about today? So we've been saying we're studying theology. We're tr- seeking to understand who we are, who God is, and how we can have a relationship with him. And so uh, today we're going to be revisiting the doctrine of Scripture. Like you said, last week we talked about revelation, both general and special revelation. But today we're going to come back and talk about the qualities and the characteristics of Scripture. See, if we were to describe it, I would describe it in a lot of different ways. It's informative. It's educational. It's encouraging. Uh, it's certainly convicting. It's motivating at times. It's challenging at times. In fact, you probably could say there's no end to the list of descriptors yeah. that we could we could give for the scriptures. But when we talk about systematic theology, what we want to know is really at the core: what are the characteristics that that make the Bible? trustworthy for us as we study and seek to understand these things about who God is, who we are, and how we can have a relationship with him. And and the questions, well, why should we care what the Bible says? Hmm. What is it that actually makes it true and trustworthy and beneficial uh, for us in our relationship with God? And and so today we're going to talk about four primary characteristics. Really, these are at the heart uh, of most of the theology, Christian theology, that that would say the four characteristics that, that are studied in the doctrine of Scripture are authority, clarity, necessity, and sufficiency. Mm-hmm. And so, once again, we're, we're looking at Grudem's Christian Beliefs books, sort of a summary of his systematic theology, and, and those are the four basic areas that, that he covers and that we'll cover today. So... Where are we kind of kind of like if, if there was a is there a verse of scripture or something that you would point to um, that kind of is going to start our our um, dive into this? So I would say that probably there are tons of scriptures we could reference, but probably the primary uh, scripture that we should reference is Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. Yeah. And, and verse sixteen says, "All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for doctrine." for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Mm-hmm. And, and so what we would say is if we are looking to define uh, what Scripture is, why it has authority, clarity, necessity, and sufficiency in our life, it, it really hits four aspects in that passage. First of all, uh, it is profitable for doctrine or for teaching. It tells us what is right. Then it tells us uh, rep- that it is profitable for reproof. In other words, to tell us where we are wrong. Mm. Then thirdly, uh, two, it is profitable for correction. In other words, how we can be made right. And then for instructions in righteousness. 
so that we might stay right. And so the Bible says what God intended to say in exactly the way he intended it to be said for exactly the purposes he intended to say it, and the purposes that we might be shaped and formed into vessels that would be used in his kingdom. And so he wants to move us along in knowing who he is, who we are, and how we can live in light of his love for us. Awesome. So you said that God's word is the authority for us to know God and to live in right relationship with him. That's what you just said. So what does that mean then? So when we talk about authority of Scripture, it really, at the heart, it means that the words in Scripture are God's words in such a way that if we were to disbelieve or disobey those words in Scripture, then we are ultimately disbelieving or disobeying God himself. Mm. And so authority is these are God's words spoken so that we can know him, so that we can love him, so that we can live in relationship with him. And the words and the claims in the Bible are are not subject to human experience. They aren't subject to science or other religious documents because ultimately the words in the Bible have come from God himself. Just like it said in that passage in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God. Mm -hmm. It is God speaking into this world. And so Paul tells Titus that God can't lie. So anything that's from him is true. It is not only true, it's trustworthy. And and so we can conclude that the Bible, being God's word, is true. And when it makes claims or gives instructions, it is authoritative for us to live our lives in accordance with it. And, And so if the word of God is true and God cannot lie, then the Bible, as a result, is perfectly true in its revelation. Mm-hmm. In fact, there are really two words that, that we use in theology to describe it. Uh, those words are inerrancy and infallibility. Inerrancy is simply a word that means without error or fault in its substance. Infallibility would be a word that means by its very nature, it, it is incapable of being false. Mm-hmm. And, and so while these are, are similar concepts. They're not exactly the same. Right. And, and so inerrancy at face value um, makes a claim about the words in the Bible. And, and as you read the Bible, you will not find errors in what it is teaching or what it is revealing, uh, what it is reporting in human history. Mm-hmm. Infallibility is a claim of the perfect nature or essence of the Bible. And so it's incapable of being wrong or untrue because it has its source in God himself. Right. It is God's word. And so we can say scripture is both inerrant and infallible or true and trustworthy because mm-hmm. it is God's word to us. Now, I would certainly make a couple of clarifications at this point. First of all, scripture is not exhaustive and it's also not intended to be exactly precise in every area. Uh, So two ways that that we would certainly say this. Uh, When we think about the inerrancy of Scripture, uh, there are some that challenge that, but the Bible can be inerrant while at the same time using common or everyday language. Right. An example of that would be Psalm 113. Mm -hmm. It says, From the rising of the sun to its setting, 
the name of the Lord is to be praised. Now, the truth is, when we think about that, does the sun actually move through the sky? No. So the sun is not coming up. Our right. earth is rotating. Turning, yeah. And so it, it is not saying that the sun is actually moving across the sky. It's using common, everyday language yeah. just to describe what we observe and see. Right, a figure of speech. Exactly. So it's not going to be fully exhaustive, giving every detail of everything. There are going to be times it, it uh, uses human language to convey concepts. Simply in that passage, he's talking about in the morning. Right. When the sun comes up in the morning, uh, it's a time of day reference. Uh, another area that, that we can understand and see that, that there are often questions about uh, is that the Bible can be inerrant and at the same time include loose quotations or imprecise measurements. Yeah, this is one people have a hard time with sometimes, I feel like. I, I think a lot of people probably struggle with this. Uh, but, for example, if we think through um, some of the measurements, uh, if you say somebody is six feet and one inch tall, or 6.08 feet tall. And and then you come back and say, well, they're six feet tall. Right. We we do that every day because what we're intending is not the exact precision of the exact height, but we are giving a rough rough estimate. And and so while Mm -hmm. that might not be exactly precise, it is still a correct statement. Yeah. And and there's no reason to undercut inerrancy or infallibility uh, simply because it is not perfectly precise with every single detail. Or, for example, we in our modern day, we've got GPS, and so we have exact precise measurements. Well, guess what? They were measuring everything and thinking through everything in terms of how they measured right. in their day, in their time. And so we certainly understand uh, that the Bible is not fully exhaustive, and it it doesn't have to be uh, extremely precise in everything it records. But nonetheless, it is authoritative because it is God's Word to us. Mm -hmm. And if we uh, disobey or disbelieve God's Word, it is ultimately disobeying or disbelieving Him. But when we obey and believe God's Word, we are doing it because we are obeying and believing God himself. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So scripture is authoritative because it is God's word spoken to man to be believed and obeyed. That's what we've just said. So what is the second characteristic then? So the second characteristic would be simply clarity. Uh, there's a big $10 word that you can uh, memorize and throw out, uh, perspicuity, and, and that simply means that, that it is clear, that Scripture mm-hmm. is clear. It's written in such a way that it can be understood, and, and it can be understood not just by the most uh, developed of intellects, but by every person as they read it. Mm-hmm. This doesn't mean that the Bible doesn't contain some passages, or maybe even chapters, or maybe even books. We're looking at you, Paul. Yeah. That's right, exactly. We're we're looking at the Apostle Paul because, after all, I mean, Peter himself says in Second Peter three fifteen and sixteen that some of Paul's writings 
uh, are hard to understand. Uh, they cause him uh, to, to struggle for those who are ignorant and unstable, twist them to their own destruction. And, mm-hmm. and so Peter thought Paul could be under, hard to understand. Makes you feel better about yourself when you get confused. I feel so much better about myself when I read that and, and understand even the apostle Peter uh, had a hard time at some time at, at places understanding what Paul was saying. But it tells us in the Word of God really how we can be saved. Mm-hmm. And it's clear in that. It tells us how we can know God, how we can walk with God on a daily basis. And, and so the Bible affirms even its own clarity in Psalm 119, verse 30, the unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. In other words, it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Mm. It's clear. And so the Bible can be understood by anyone as a train and study and read with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so I would certainly say we ought to give ourselves to reading, to studying, and to praying for God to make his word clear to us. Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. So it's clear in revealing God, his salvation, and his plans and purposes, and that's what we mean by clarity. So the third characteristic then is necessity. So what does that mean? So the necessity of Scripture is a doctrine that, that simply says uh, that, that we need the Bible in order to inform us mm-hmm. about who God is, who we are, and, and how we can have a relationship with him. Uh, the Bible is necessary for us to truly know God. In general revelation, we know there is a God. In special revelation, we come to know the God who has created us for a relationship with himself. And and so we find out who God is. We come to know him. We find out how we can have our sins forgiven. Uh, We come to know what God wants us to do on a daily basis. And and so scripture is not necessary for knowing that God exists. Mm but it is necessary for knowing God right. and for walking with him. And so uh, when we look at that and we think through what is it necessary uh, for the Christian life, well, 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul says that, that we need to have the word of God because it is what shows us and tells us exactly where we are, what's going on, and how to live in right relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, Paul also writes for us in, in Romans chapter 10, and he says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm-hmm. How then will they know, or how will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. See, it is not only necessary for our salvation, but also for our spiritual growth. A man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Is what Jesus said in Matthew 4.4. 4. And so when we see that, it is necessary if we're going to grow physically to do what? To eat, to take in nutrients so that we can exercise, so that we can grow And if it's necessary for us to build ourselves up physically, Mm -hmm. then it certainly is true. We ought to build ourselves up spiritually. 
And God's word is the nutrients. It is the nourishment that we need to grow in our relationship with God. Okay. So scripture, and this is me, I'm just going to paraphrase what you, what you've all just said, I think. So scripture is necessary for us to have a relationship with God, but also for us to grow in that relationship, not to know he exists necessarily, but so that we can grow in that. That's right. We know he exists because of general revelation, but it's necessary for us to know specifically how we can have a relationship with him, how we can grow in that relationship. Okay, so what then is our last characteristic of God's word? So the final characteristic would be sufficiency. And the sufficiency of scripture simply means that scripture contains all the words that anyone would need in order to be saved and to live a life in relationship with God himself. Paul tells Timothy that the sacred writings were able to make him wise unto salvation in 2 Timothy 3.15. That's setting up that passage in verses 16 and 17 uh, about the purpose behind God's scripture Mm -hmm. being given to mankind. If you want to know how to be saved, the sole place to turn is not to what I think I need to do in order to earn my way and make myself better with God, Mm -hmm. to fix my relationship. It's not how can I change my heart and my life. No, the sufficiency of Scripture is that uh, points us to the fact that we must simply rely on what Scripture says is necessary for salvation. Mm And so there are some very important implications that come from this. Uh, First of all, it encourages us to seek, uh, to understand how God wants us to think and and what we should do in response to it. Second, it warns us that we are not to add anything else to Scripture. Revelation uh, very clearly says that, that we are not to add anything else to this book unless we would be accursed. Uh, thirdly, God does not require us to believe anything about him that isn't in Scripture. And, and so mm. when you're thinking through what do you hold deeply, what do you hold in, in a way that you would uh, say this is a, a, an issue uh, that I would not question and nobody else should question, certainly we shouldn't hold things that are not specifically spoken in Scripture uh, as those core beliefs. Fourthly, uh, there is no new revelation uh, that is required to know God and his saving work. So all the guys on late night TV that are telling you they have a special word from God, you give them enough money, send in the right amount, and, and hey, they'll give you new revelation from God. No, none of that is necessary for God's word is fully sufficient in and of ourself. And so we need to emphasize what scripture emphasizes. Uh, we need to keep the main things the plain things and the plain things the main things. Mm. And so we don't need to mix uh, a, a whole lot of other things. We need to know who God is. And he has spoken clearly to us with great authority so that we would know what is necessary and have what is sufficient to lead us to a saving relationship with him and then to grow us in relationship to him. See, God has spoken with authority, with clarity, with necessity, and with sufficiency so that we can have that relationship with him. And and therefore, God's word is to be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, and and we are to 
seek in every way to follow it. Mm. The Bible says exactly what God intended to say in exactly the way he intended it to be said for exactly the purposes he intended it to be said. And what was that? So that we can know him and live Mm. in relationship with him. So if we want a blessed life, we ought to listen to Psalm 1-1. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. In it he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted beside the water that yields its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. We must come to the word of God, for there God has spoken fully and finally with authority, clarity, necessity, and sufficiency so we can know him and have a relationship with him. Lots lots of good stuff in there. Um, so guys, we hope that you have been taking notes. We hope that, that, is, that this is helping, that this is helping you um, inform your time in the Bible, inform your time um, as you as you pray, um, your time with God. Um, guys, if if uh, you are enjoying this, go ahead and subscribe, go ahead and like, do all that stuff. It helps get the word out, you know, if you want to share it with your friends. But um, we hope that mostly we hope that this has been helpful and uh, will continue to be. So we will see you back here next week for week number four. Week number four. Yep. Uh, and until then, we love y'all. Grace and peace. <laughs>